being at a nightclub and you're going through the crowd and going through the crowd is like getting the feedback, beating myself up, like doing this. But then like I saw the VIP lounge and I like go over to the VIP lounge and, and by the time I got home, that was my VIP lounge. And I was like emailing myself, this is what you need to do, do this, do that. And I'm just on the other side getting bottle service. You want to transform yourself and improve your life. You long to help people. You wish to become healthier, happier, and more successful. This show is your opportunity to learn how to use hypnosis to make your life better. Each week, hypnotist Robbie Spear Miller interviews people who have already changed their lives in amazing ways with hypnosis. These models can help you discover your path to making the most of your life. If you want to learn how hypnosis can help you reach your goals, this show is for you. Hello, everybody. I'm Robbie Spear Miller, and I'm your host for the Hypnosis Show podcast. Today, I'm really excited to talk with Tree Ride, who is one of my original hypnosis students at Hypnosis Training Canada. And I'm bringing her here to share with you her, her strategies for uh, being willing to jump into taking action in real life and, and really open to feedback so she can quickly learn along the way. She's been a hypnotist with the Master Hypnotist for almost a decade. And she's really passionate about helping people change their lives with hypnosis. She started out in the field of fashion as an entrepreneur at the age of 18. And she was determined to get out of her broken family home and drama. Her success was built from trial and error, real life learning. And so I invited her here today to share with you her brilliant strategies for jumping into real life action and learning from feedback to fast track success. Welcome, Tree. Hey, gorgeous. This is exciting. It is. Yeah. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background and what made you discover hypnosis? Well, uh, you know, I was in the fashion industry, but I was getting really, really burnt out. So I started taking care of myself, doing some fitness, getting some fitness, um, training. So, and then I became a yoga instructor. So I was teaching yoga and, and when I met you, I was like, wow, hypnosis would be so cool to incorporate that with yoga. So yeah, that's how we met. And then I just fell in love with hypnosis and just went all in. (laughs) And when you learned to be a yoga instructor, you did that because you wanted to grow yourself. You wanted to improve your life. So you were seeking that out for quite some time before you trained here. Oh yeah. hundred, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Well, just share a little bit about like when you were learning yoga, you want, you were improving your life. You learned a lot of great things that helped you. And so my impression is that hypnosis added to that. It took you further on that journey. So what did it do? Like what, what was that extra benefit you got from having this type of training? Well, a big piece, I mean, doing yoga, it was very, obviously it's a very physical thing. So I found, you know, physically I was moving, you know, just let's call it energy throughout my body. Right. So it obviously if I was stressed or overwhelmed or whatever it was, uh, doing something physical really helped, but there was still that dialogue going on in my mind. So even at the end of each, um, uh, yoga class, I was physically feeling a little bit better, but my mind was still sort of racing over things and um, wandering, wandering off in directions that were totally unuseful, basically. <laughs> 
So hypnosis really, you know, helped me and, and even like as, as it went and as I was learning from you and observing you and, uh, it really gave me this mind calming, beautiful, uh, techniques and, and as I was learning more and more techniques, it was kind of like, oh, okay. I had then this beautiful buffet of different techniques that I could go to, whether I was doing a yoga practice, whether I was, you know, at my work, uh, working with coworkers, clients, doing other things like that. It really kept my mind in, in the right place. And I had then this buffet of techniques that I can go to, to allow that to happen, which then turned into kind of like this nice dance of, you know, huh, this is really nice. All right, great. And you also used it to help in your career because at the time you were working in sales. Oh yeah. You were trying to sell me advertising. That's how we met. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we met Robbie. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and it was a huge part in, and there was a lot of stages too. So at first when I was struggling, the first struggle was, Hey, I never worked in an office before. So that was like, Oh my gosh, all these people are around me. How, how does this office thing work? So navigating that, keeping my mind in the right place for that. Um, also too, that whole layer of like, yeah, you're in sales and, and getting in the mood or attitude, picking what mood or attitude really worked for working with specific clients, recognizing, you know, being able to see this extra layer, you know, there's a lot on your other podcast, talk about different like archetypes or whatever, right? So recognizing that, learning that really was a new element and and that created um, me being in sales was really no big deal. And it was, it made my job way more interesting as opposed to like, oh, I hope they buy. Oh, I hope they buy. Right. It just, it created a different conversation. Um, it gave me the tools to know you know, how to adapt to the conversation that the person needed, uh, reading the client, uh, even from a sales as a salesperson. Uh, so Robbie, I know you have a lot of, um, uh, you're coaching salespeople. So, you know, I got that <laughs> as a value add going through. So yeah. And, and, you know, I became actually second in command and where I was working very quickly, uh, because of those tools as well. Awesome. Yeah. And and so one thing that I've always totally admired about you is that you really are great at just jumping in. You're really good at observing a new way of doing things and being willing to do it, take action and have an experience and also really open to getting feedback. And, and, and that's quite different from many, many students we have where a lot of students go through a shame cycle when they get feedback or something doesn't work. They may give mm-hmm. up. They may run away from getting feedback because they feel like there's something wrong with them instead of realizing it's just a behavior that they're learning how to change. Um, and so I think when people grow up in a household where they the, the parents have some influence on them, um, whether, and the parents could do the most perfect job, but the, the interpretation of the child as to what's happening might be feeling a sense of shame if they don't get something right. So they're judging things as good or bad or right or wrong, or that they're good or bad or right or wrong based on what mm-hmm. happens. And it, it can really get in the way of people learning because it feels too vulnerable or too 
intense emotionally to be open to that, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I, the, the whole theme of today is for you to help people who may be in, in the category I'm describing to learn a new way of interacting with feedback and discover that it's possible. And, and so the interesting thing is that I know you had a very different upbringing than many of our students here. Talk a little bit about that and how that freed you to have this attitude about learning. Yeah. So for me growing up, there was really no bar, right? So the bar was very low in terms of, of, um, right or wrong or how to live life or even academically, right? Like growing up, I never, um, there was no, you know, uh, pressure to go to university or schooling, or, you know, there was no one really in my family that had a university degree, right? So it was literally a free for all. Um, you know, my parents got separated when I was very young. So, uh, there was a lot of, uh, absent parent parents. Uh, so at a very young age, I was just kind of like, okay, you're on your own. Let's figure this out. And, and so there wasn't anybody around to, to guide or say, this is how you need to do it. Or, you know, it was just sort of me kind of figuring it out on my own. And, and I guess just naturally at a young age, that observation thing, as I had, um, as I adopted, uh, my friends' families as my own families. And, you know, literally even from grade eight, nine, all the way through high school, I would always stay over at friends' houses, even on school nights. Like it was just, so I saw these other kind of family archetypes, but I was still kind of removed. There wasn't, you know, like what you're talking about in terms of that family dynamics. So it was really like, I kind of, it was kind of now actually thinking about it, just you asking me this, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was kind of cool that I got to pick a lot of this stuff. And it wasn't that I was consciously thinking about it, but it was just sort of me trying to adapt in the world or trying to figure out my way in the world at such a young age. So it was really, um, I just went and did it, went and did it. And, and I gravitated definitely towards pleasure for sure. Like a, a lot of the families that I adopted myself into, you know, like one, like her dad cooked a really good stew, which like oh, a meal was like really good for me. But, um, but yeah, I, I learned at a really young age that just, you got to do what you got to do. Just go for what you want. The other cool thing about this is that because you were in these different households with different families, you were actually shown lots of different models of how to live. And you, so you were able to glean from, from all of that. And you probably learned a lot of different uh, skills or ways of being in the world or that things are very flexible and you had to be very flexible to be able to join these different families. So you learned that from a really young age. Yeah. Cause every family had their own rules, set of rules as well. Right. So it just was, and then I never questioned it. I was just like, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And, but it was, I, the more that I don't think I ever focused on the rules. I focused more on like, ah, oh, a nice cooked dinner. Oh, like, you know, freedom or like, you know, just having that, that, um, different way of living and seeing it and just out of, sort of the drama or the chaos that sort of lived in the 
the house <laughs> where I was. You were willing to do what it takes to get the nice cooked dinner, which is good motivation. <laughs> still true to this day. Still true to this day. <laughs> but I, I'd cook it. <laughs> and so, so as we look at that, it, it shows us that you were required in your life, either you were going to stay stuck the way the rest of your family was, or you had to make it happen. And it was only up to you. There was nobody who was going to save you or show you how or do it for you. And so it, it, in a way, in, in a kind of weird way, because most people would think that would be a really, uh, disadvantaged way to grow up in some ways you had some because of how you interacted with that you developed some real advantages yeah for sure and thinking back I can't even say like oh yeah at this point I made the decision to do this right it was just sort of I like a you know a dog with a bone I would just be like oh wow that's cool or like oh I'm gonna do that or you know and then I would just do it which is how all kids do it. You were just coping with life and you were adapting yourself to get what you wanted. That's basically what you were doing, but it, it worked in your favor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I see that now, and the, it, you know, the 15 year old self was just like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So wait here, a huge part of our hypnosis training is, is having this direct relationship with each student where we're giving feedback on patterns and growing through well, basically old hypnotic trances that aren't serving the person anymore or developing flexibility. And so you've had a lot of that from me <laughs> yeah, and other people in our group, other trainers. And so um, describe how, what that was like for you earlier on and how you've developed your strategy for moving through that in a really healthy, open, productive way. Yeah. So, you know, like first getting feedback, um, from you, like way back in the day, right. Um, my process, how I, how I used to process the feedback is, you know, so say I would be, uh, maybe working with a client, just to use an example. And then you gave me feedback on working with a client. My first thing I'd like, I remember leaving the clinic and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, just putting, just beating myself up. And then, and then, you know, I would, I'd be driving down the road and then, you know, I lived like seven minutes away from the clinic. So it was like a seven minute process that, you know, I'd be driving down the road and then I turned left onto Guelph line. And then I'd get to like this shell gas station. And by the time I got there, I was beating myself up about beating myself up. So I'd leave, beat myself up. Then I beat myself up about beating myself up. And then I would, as soon as I passed that gas station and I literally like, I, it's like clear as day. Then I'd be like, okay, where, where do I need to go? What do I need to practice? Where do I need to be? Like, really like where, like what is next? Right. And as soon as I got myself out of my head about beating myself up and I got to the outcome, I got to, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to practice. This is what you need to review. And there was like this, okay, I saw the pathway. By the time I got home, I, sometimes I would email myself a reminder of like, this is what you need to practice or, you know, but that, that mood or energy that was in my mind or my body or whatever it was, 
was gone. And I was literally on the other end and it was feeling good. And, and I think I described this to you before Robbie about just, you know, um, it was like being at a nightclub and you're going through the crowd and going through the crowd is like getting the feedback, beating myself up, like doing this. But then like, I saw the VIP lounge and I like go over to the VIP lounge. And, and by the time I got home, that was my VIP lounge. And I was like, emailing myself, this is what you need to do, do this, do that. And I'm just on the other side getting bottle service, right? So that's, so because of practicing that over time, over time, I was able to really just plow through the nightclub and just go right to the VIP lounge. And now I would say I have my own bouncers that clear the path and there is no beating up. There's just like, okay, yep, Robbie, got it got it. And you've probably noticed that too, that, um, I'm like, I say to you a lot of time, yep, got it. Cause I just, I can literally go from feedback to, okay, I know what I need to do feedback. Okay. I know what I need to do. And, and sometimes that process is so fast now that, um, I don't even have to email myself. I can literally just practice it in my mind, whatever technique it is. I can, you know, just do that a lot quicker and even now with having the clinic and just being a lot more busier, oh my gosh, so much more time consuming. Like having those bouncers there to get me through the crowd for the VIP pass right away. Whoo-hoo, what is up? I have time, like time management. Like it's like now looking back, what a waste of time to like you know, stew on stuff that didn't even matter because the feedback that you give or, you know, you, Scott, whatever, like, but you, I mean, because I work with you the majority of the time, you know, it is so heartfelt and it's, it's, that's like a big thing too. So it's like, I know that you are already at the VIP lounge. And even if I need extra feedback that I can just say like, Oh, okay. Hey, Robbie, um, I did this or I did that. And you know, so can you give me a little bit more feedback or I'm curious about that. And, and that's all it is. There's no, there's no failure. There's only feedback. And the only thing that, that I'm chasing is, you know, whatever happened yesterday, I'm just like, want to be better than whatever I did yesterday. Like, let's see what else I can chase. Like, what more is there? There's no, there's no such thing. And there's a big thing. Like this is in my mind. Okay. I'm letting you all in my mind right now. There's no such thing as like, I have arrived, right? It's like just having more and more experiences. And the more feedback I get, the more possibility is available for me as a business owner, as a human, as my personal development. And, you know, hey, things are awesome. So how friggin' more awesome can it get? Really? I want to know that. Yeah, well, let's, let's get there. Take me there, man. Yeah, well, you're you're already discovering it by doing. Yeah, this keeps unfolding more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So um, as we talk about this for our listeners, what, what Tree's describing in terms of the strategy is that she, at the beginning, when she was taking that seven-minute ride home, was stuck in her head and also feeling in her having feelings in her body. And so through that experience, she was able to move through that and come to a vision. So a lot of times when people get stuck around this, they either get stuck on feeling bad or judging themselves or feeling shame or, or just fear or discomfort, or they might be blaming other people for how they're feeling. And then they'll rationalize in their mind and make up a story about it. And then that's it. They'll, they'll stay stuck there. And of course, they're going to want to go distract and do something else because nobody wants to feel that way. And so the, the, the magic bullet, the thing that Tree is, is describing to you that she does is that she can very quickly get to the vision of what's her outcome and seeing what needs to change based on the feedback to get the outcome. And Tree knows that it really is from a loving place, that all the feedback you get is for you. It's for you to improve. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. And that is such an important thing to know so that you can trust it. Um, so I, so for those of you who might be struggling with this, this uh, getting stuck in your head or in emotions or, or justifying stories or distracting, if you simply model what Tree is showing you and be willing to jump to the vision of the outcome and match how you think and feel to it, then it's so much easier. Yeah. And, and one more thing I'd like to, to add on that. And I think that you, you, um, were asking me about too, Robbie is the like method acting, right? So the, the modeling. And so what you were talking about, like if you're people modeling me, but when I, like, I also did a lot of like improv and a little bit of acting and I did the, the, in second city, like, which was so much fun and the big thing with working with clients that aligned with what I learned there is the whole yes and mindset, right? So in improv, you know, somebody would say like, oh, look at that big unicorn hanging out of that mountain. Let's go check it out. And whatever it is, you'd be like, yes. And let's go see if, if that waterfall is like, you know, how warm it is and let's go see if the unicorn talks. Right. So it's, even though in improv, it's like, yeah, kind of far out there, but when working with clients that yes. And, and, and I, even in your training, Robbie, like you do that all the time. And I, it makes me, it reminds me of, you know, learning that and, and observing you do that. And, and then with clients modeling you and, and, and doing that, it really allows it helps me to be with the client more. And that's a big thing that you say a lot about being with the client more, right? So she just gave me the eyebrows. So <laughs> if you're listening, she just like did the little like eyebrows. <laughs> um, so yeah. And, uh, and it's huge because it allows, yeah, it's just huge. Just the yes. And whatever's going on, because coming full circle on what you're talking about in terms of like rules or people in, in different family types or judging, if you are just like, Oh yes. And, and then it takes you even closer to where they're at in their place so that you can then direct them into where they need to go. And yeah, so that was a big thing. Just that modeling 
uh, mimicking. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and being willing to have an experience. Cause if we judge it ahead of time, often people will rationalize why they don't want to do something. Right. And they'll look at their old model of the world to do that. Whereas you're willing to just say, okay, and go and have the experience. And through the experience, you discover what the magic of it is by doing it. And if you never do it, you'll never know. So that that's a really important part of, of all of this. Yeah, for sure. One of the other things that uh, that was a huge learning for me is that because the way that I am, the way that I'm just like, all right, let's go do it. And I just jump right in. You know, when I was first starting out a long time, like a long time ago, that I would just assume that everybody's like that. Right. So for me, coming from the other direction, of, you know, just like, oh yeah, just go do it. No problem. Like it's feedback. It's not failure. Just da da da. Right. Like it's like telling somebody just be happy. Right. It just doesn't work that way. So for me to learn to, to, to like, oh, okay. So people aren't like that. So I really had to slow down. And, and that was a big learning for me to slow down like the yes end, but then I would just like, come run with me. And like, and and they're like, whoa, you know, whereas, you know, I had to be like, I had to be a little bit more of like getting, okay, yes. And, and then explore that even a little bit more and, and getting into perhaps their energy or, or testing the waters of their energy. Is their energy fast? And I'm just using the word energy. I don't know if whatever word you want to use, but like their vibe or so to slow down and to okay, so what's the next step and break it down as much as I need to, um, whether it's for myself or a client or, you know, but that, that was a really huge learning for me. And, and it took a lot. It wasn't like that happened overnight. So in terms of, you know, getting the feedback and, you know, uh, making the change, it's not like, you know, feedback made a change, woohoo, feedback made a change. Like sometimes it did, and, and perhaps a lot of times it did, but sometimes it was like, oh, okay, no, I missed a piece here. Right. And, and that's where it's so great that you can, that you can recalibrate me. You're just like, <laughs> cause like, you know, okay, good job tree, but, um, you still need to <laughs> you know, go back and maybe have a look at this. <laughs> so, what, what you're really saying is that because you've been so good and quick at doing this, you've been wanting to cheerlead clients or other students through it. And without realizing, hey, I need to step into their model of the world. I need to uh, uh, put this at the pace they need it or frame it in a way that's useful for them instead of expecting everybody to do it the way you do it. And so... Yeah. So there's that too. So as we talk about this exercise of modeling you, uh, for our listeners, you can choose to learn how to do this as fast or as slow as works for you. You can apply it in the areas that you're comfortable with. Some people are going to be very freedom-minded about it and run with it like a tree. For some people, it's going to be like a light bulb goes off and they say, oh, wow, I never saw it that way before and just do it. And for other people, they'll need more uh, practice and, and feedback to make that happen and and all of it's good as long as we're moving in a forward direction with things mm -hmm. yeah definitely a forward direction 
like the possibility. That's a big thing. Like I think, and I, again, I don't know where it came from, but I can, I love possibility. Like I'm like a dog with a bone, just like, well, what about this? And I remember sometimes when you and I first met, I was like, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And you're like, okay, tree, like (laughs) just settle down. Like, and I'm paraphr- I'm totally paraphrasing this, but, but basically put simply, that's what you're, you know, kind of like, hold the horses here. <laughs> like, Yeah. I think some of what you're referring to is that when you started training with me, I was really the first person who was helping you, who I didn't expect you to do anything for me. And you were so used to finding some way tap dancing as fast as you could to give to people to give to them so much that of course they would let you have their delicious dinner or let you sleep over at their (laughs) house that, and so good at it. And and who's going to say no to that, that when you were training here, you kept trying to find ways to help me. And I kept saying, Hey, true, you're just here to learn. So I I didn't want you to be doing that. And that was something new for you because it made you realize, Hey, I need to have better boundaries here and that it was actually possible to have relationships that way. So talk a little bit of about that, that realization for you. Yeah. So it, at first when that happened, so again, like that is a perfect metaphor. I was so tap dancing around because that is really what protected me as a kid, right? That's what got me into like all of my friends, parents to this day, just love me. Think I'm like the best kid ever, right? Like, because I, I was good. I did what, whatever, like, you know, cause I, Hey, I, I love their hospitality. Like it, like, Oh, like it was like, Oh, this is so nice. Right. So as an adult, it's so unuseful. I wasted so much time like on, like uh, with other people of doing that. And it wasn't even a conscious thing, but it was interesting because when you were holding me accountable and you weren't responding in the usual way that I got response, I was like, Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't like me or this or that or whatever. But, but it, it was interesting because at the end of it, I, it taught me that I was still loved and cared about and given feedback. And I didn't have to do all that. Like you were still there when it did, I didn't have to dance for dinner. Like I, you know, I could actually have a different kind of relationship, a mature relationship. And, and it, and it, it served me a lot better and it was so much less work too. So yeah, it was so much less work. And I was like, huh, you know, but in my nervous system, like, oh my gosh, it it took a little bit of growth to, to get through that. Um, you know, maybe I would say six months to kind of maybe like for me, that was a huge, huge growth learning for me, big time. And in, you know, uh, for hypnosis, for personal relationships too, you know, like I, I didn't have to please people anymore and I still survived and I ate dinner. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, like that was huge, huge. Yeah. 
talk a little bit about um, the importance of this type of feedback relationship for your growth as a hypnotist, because the truth is that most hypnosis training does not incorporate this aspect of things. You go to a classroom, you learn some things, you might rehearse your skills, you do some, maybe write a test or do some readings or assignments, but very few hypnosis training schools actually have this direct feedback relationship with students. And um, part of our mission at Master Hypnotist Society is to change that and, and to, to help people in this industry value the importance of this and be willing to do it. Uh, a lot of times people in the hypnosis world, it's like herding cats and everybody wants to be or smart or name a technique after themselves. And so to get people to be willing to participate in something like this sometimes is interesting. Um, so just share a little bit about like, let's say you hadn't had this type of feedback relationship, how different do you think your skill set or your ability to help people or your quality of life would be? Well, first and foremost, I mean, it, it, the, the biggest thing is it sort of this, this type of training, it really gets you out of, and it, the culture itself. So first, the culture itself is, is mature. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's safe. It's, you know, and the fact that you're not just like, okay, show up for a weekend and you're on your way, right? Like it's just, it's more hands on. You get to actually learn, you practice on other people like you're, and, and the, the fact of getting the feedback, it's really like these nuggets of information about yourself, about other people. And, and, and it's, it's like getting molded into where you want to be personally, as well as learning the skills that you need to open your, your own business, to be successful, to, um, putting your, your, yourself in a really good position to get to where you want to be. So with the feedback is part of a huge part of the culture so that it's not about the details. Once you're getting the feedback, it's like this larger model of things of like, okay, what needs to be done? Let's do it. Okay. Lo, it needs to be done. Let's do it. And, but the training itself, you're, you're learning a lot and you are going through the process itself. And we had a little technical glitch there. So we're going to have to cut this one short. Tree has given you one example of how the world is full of people who do things in resourceful ways. Taking advantage of this opens up your choices. Tree shared with you some really key strategies for how to escape procrastination, shame, and judgment, and learn what you need to learn to go straight to the VIP room. Your challenge this week is to discover what would happen if you simply agree to act as if you are Tree. I want to hear about your experience. So send an email with your discoveries to Robbie at hypnosistrainingcanada.com and I will follow up with you personally to help you take your success even further. You can reach Tree at burlingtonhypnosis.ca. Tune in to next week's podcast where we will share some secrets about what it takes for weight loss to really work and how hypnosis can help. Until next week... You've been listening to The Hypnosis Show with Robbie Spear Miller. Tune in next time to learn more about how you can change your life with hypnosis. And if you are interested in learning more about training opportunities, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com and schedule a free consultation.